episode of the It's Canon Podcast. I hope everyone had an awesome, safe, happy Christmas, holidays, what have you, whatever you celebrate. I hope you celebrate it safe, well, with loved ones, if humanly possible. This is the It's Canon Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things everything. We talk about all things comic books, all things video games, all things toys, all things books, all things movies, all things Lego, all things Star Wars, all things Mandalorian, anything and everything. And the best part of it all is that it's all in canon. This week, I am taking hosting duties solo, and it's just me. As always, I'm Boris. Um, Phil and Tyler are getting the day off, but really, you know, every sitcom has that one episode when they gotta, you know, reach to the vault and they come up with a compilation episode and that's exactly what this episode is going to be today we wanted to still release something to you so we are going into the vault and we have an awesomely fun episode for you and this episode is actually from august the 8th 2016 so this is the first incarnation of the it's canon podcast and it was tyler and i chatting all things the killing joke animated movie so i had the opportunity to watch the killing joke in a theater um remember those dank and moist theaters man it feels like it's been forever um but yeah i was able to watch the killing joke in theater tyler watched it on his own and then we had a chat about you know what worked and what really didn't work and what really didn't work and almost offended people and pretty much offended us um but you know, it's always fun, and listening back to this was interestingly f- interesting. Um, you know, it's it's crazy to listen to a show that happened, you know, four or five years ago. Sometimes I listen to the older shows because I'm trying to, you know, see what I can use all of that old content for. Um, but, you know, we're going to, you know, from time to time, we're going to release one of these From the Vault episodes, and I think that this is a perfect time to do so. Uh, so... You know, I essentially left this episode as is. I did remaster it, um, ran it through compressor, uh, tried to make the sound quality a little better, uh, but uh, Skype was not the same back then, and that's what we used to communicate. Uh, so I tried my best with the sound quality, and I hope that everyone enjoys the episode from August the 8th, 2016. Boris and Tyler talk all things Batman, Killing Joke, the animated movie. Enjoy! special episode of the It's Canon Podcast. So special. So special. Super special. Uber special. I was going to say a joke, and it was very tasteless, so I'm not going to. Legend. I'll tell you later. All right. <laughs> I'll tell you later. I'll tell you later. You're I'll listening. tell you later. I'll tell you later. You're listening to the It's Canon Podcast. If you just uh, 
if you're still listening, that is. That intro didn't annoy you. And as always, I'm your host, Boris, and Tyler somewhere. I'm somewhere. Somewhere. Amongst the mists of time and space. Yep. Yep. Well, this is, a, as I mentioned earlier, this is a special episode of the It's Cannon Podcast. Because in this episode, we are going to talk all things Batman the Killing Joke. Just one topic. Just one topic. But there was enough for us to talk about just this one topic. And what's uh, becoming not as polarizing as the Suicide Squad, but polarizing in its own sense. It's, which is weird, because I would argue this is more worthy of discussion than the Suicide Squad. 100%. 100%. 100%. So for those of you who are wondering, what the hell is the killing joke? Number one, you've been living under a rock. Because, um, let's face it, the killing joke is maybe the most iconic comic book Batman story for sure. Yes. But maybe comic book. I don't know about that one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say it. I think, it's, I think if you were to do, like, top ten. No, this one would be in a lot of top lists. Like, it's impossible to say that. There's one, that, but this one's huge. This one really defined a lot of things in the Batman verse. Um, it was originally written by Alan Moore with illustrations by Brian Boland. It was released in 1988, March of 1988, and it was a 47-page special. Uh, yeah, and yeah, it a lot from this book really made it not only into canon for Batman, but really defined how characters can be written in general in comic books, specifically superhero books. Yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know what, again, what <clears throat> the major plot is, it's basically Joker has devised his ultimate plan to drive people insane, specifically Gordon, Jim Gordon, um, and because he knows that to get Batman, he can terrorize the people around him and he'll always show up. Um, but what it, this book is mainly known for is the shooting of Barbara Gordon, which eventually paralyzes her. And then she becomes Oracle down the road, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> um, yeah, just yada, yada, yada over a bunch of stuff. Yeah, for, for, for good reason, for good reason. Yeah. But yeah, um, this book... In my opinion, it is, I, for, for myself, it is the most iconic Batman book. Um, and really, it's just, for such a short book, it really did everything. And, you know, anything you know about Batman, between this and The Dark Knight Returns, and anything uh, Miller did, it really defined what Batman is today. Um, and this came out, like, you know, a year before... Uh, Michael Keaton, 1989 Batman. So this is, again, like on the road to making Batman dark and, and brooding and, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, you've read this, right? I have read this. Yeah. 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 So last year, it was announced that The Killing Joke would be made into a DC animated movie. Um, that gained a lot of attention, not only because it is a such an iconic book, but because it was going to feature the voices of Kevin Conroy as Batman and Mark Hamill as the Joker, 
which for those of you who don't know, those are the original voices from Batman the Animated Series, which, again, is very, very high on many people's lists in terms of Batman media. Yeah. Um, the other reason why The Killing Joke got a lot of attention was because it was going to be rated R. An animated Batman movie being rated R? Yes, they did it. Um, and it's it's actually interesting, and that's something that I do want to talk about when we start talking about the movie itself. Uh, so I think, is there anything you want to add about the book before we move on? About the book? Yes. Uh, no. I think everything to add about the book is better coming up as we go. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing really, yeah. It's, it's, it is definitely part of the foundation of what is Batman and the Joker. And it does a lot to establish who these characters are. Yep, yep. All right, so we'll jump into the the movie so i saw the movie in a theatrical screening a few weeks ago it'll be two weeks on monday um and right away as i was watching the movie i'm like oh this is going to be a very interesting discussion with tyler um because you know after a year and a half of working together on comics i read and the it's canon podcast you know we kind of know each other's tastes Mm -hmm. for the most part um and i knew it was going to lead to a lot of very good discussions yes uh so the next day i'm like tyler you need to watch this watch yep. it uh, so I did. yeah <laughs> and we've been planning on recording this uh special for a while again i don't know if how long it's gonna run it really doesn't matter um it can be you know half an hour an hour however long uh we're just gonna have a good old discussion on the killing joke um so for those of you who listen to episode 30 or 39 or whatever episode it is of the It's Canon podcast uh, where we actually talked a little little bit about The Killing Joke. Uh, We had mentioned that there's a review on the website. So if you haven't read the review, you should read the review. Um, And overall, I think that, just going to say it, it's a good movie that you should watch. However, you might need to alter your expectations just a bit. Yeah. 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 What's up? Oh, I still have mixed feelings about it. Yeah. Oh, no, I do, too. I have very mixed feelings about it. Yeah. Um, so, basically, the the important thing here, and the reason why I always say the page num- count isn't because I'm, um, you know, trying to be fancy. It's really because you have to understand that having a 47, 48-page comic book turned into a movie was going to be very difficult. So... Obviously, um, Brian Azzarello, as the writer, added a little more into the story. Um, I thought they were going to add more overall into the the retelling of The Killing Joke, but they opted to add a whole sort of chapter act, I would say, uh, to the entire story that happened prior to The Killing Joke. Um, and the focus of that was Barbara Gordon, mainly Batgirl, and her sort of relationship with Batman. Mm-hmm. I think that was really the focus of that. Um, and it made for many, many awkward situations. Yeah. <laughs> You're still thinking there. Yeah, no, I... I it's... I feel like it's really difficult to pull apart. There's a lot of pieces in this book mm-hmm. and in the movie. 
Mm -hmm. A lot of pieces. And it's difficult to disentangle a lot of them. So what's interesting about the whole first act, Become a Batgirl, was one of the major complaints about the actual graphic novel was the portrayal of... Of um of Barbara Gordon and Batgirl, a lot of people didn't like the way that she was written. She was basically used, uh, as a pawn in Joker's greater scheme. And that's and that's always been a problem with the Killing Joke plot. Yes. And since then, a lot of people who are involved in it have basically come out and either said like, "Look, it was a product of the '80s." Yep. And that doesn't make it good, but that makes it like you have to understand like, the times. Yeah, context is important. Yeah. Exactly. And other, others, and Moore himself has said that even for the 80s, they probably went too far. Yeah. Alan Moore's the first person in an interview from 2006. He basically said how he's borderline embarrassed of that story. He, oh, he doesn't say he said borderline. He says he's embarrassed yeah. and it was a mistake. It was which... a mistake. Not only like writing it, he didn't like the story. Uh, he thought that it was crazy. Like, delving so deep into the psyches of these characters. Yeah. Um, but he was also disgusted at his actual portrayal of, uh, of Batgirl, uh, Barbara Gordon. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, I, I, just to, to add on a lot of, a lot of observers, including people who worked with more at the time, suggest that part of this was, he was just exhausted because he had just finished Watchmen and he was, he had basically been, Watchmen was full of him fighting with DC executives. Yeah. And he basically owed them this now. And it might even be why it's so short. Mm-hmm. Was he just might have wanted to get it done. Mm. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, no. So, yeah. So that's very that's a very important point to make. So when they added this whole first act, I was expecting, you know, a cool Batgirl uh, story, especially when you saw what, what they were doing. Uh, and it was narrated by Batgirl. She was basically the star of this entire first half. Um, and while she did was portrayed at times of being this kick-ass, uh, you know, heroine as Batgirl, I found that her portrayal as Barbara Gordon was really weak. Uh, because at the end of the day, she was always lusting after this guy. Or, you know, there was something hormonally wrong with her or this and that. Um, so yeah. I, I just found that her actual portrayal as Batgirl was well done. But Barbara Gordon was borderline worse than the original graphic novel. And it really, you know, for lack of a better word, objectified her. Yeah, I think, I think you hit it exactly right. Um, and and one, of the, one of the common criticisms has been that, like, look, you're doing, you're doing an adaptation. Mm-hmm. And so that you want an adaptation this long, you have to change stuff. Mm-hmm. If you're going to change stuff, it really feels like they changed the wrong things. Mm-hmm. Um, and they adapted a lot of the, the wrong stuff that doesn't fix it super well. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the parts of it is like you, you start off with this interesting plot yeah. that really could have been its own movie. Yeah. Of just like who Batgirl is. Yeah. And Batgirl functionally proving Batman wrong, and they kind of did that, and then they undermined it immediately. Right away. Right and it's away. just, it's not... Let, let's just start with the character of uh, Paris Franz. 
Yes, you heard that right. Um, yeah. Number one, the name. Absolutely ridiculous. Like they, The name was... I almost stopped at the name. I, I told you I'd watch it. I know. I know. I, and I knew that was, that was going to be an, oh, an irked moment there. But let's just start with that. Like, his character... He's a douche. Uh, he's a villain, yes. and he's being per- and he's basically trying to take over the Gotham underworld. Um, but what's interesting here is the way that he lusts after Batgirl, and the way that he just talks about her, um, and which is fine because someone I I I I, I don't I, it's not fine, but okay, I'll accept that they did that. But it's it's just his interactions with Batgirl were cringeworthy many times but i think they were like, I, I know I, that they were trying to go for that but it wasn't cringeworthy in the sense of the story it was just cringeworthy of you know here we're trying to make a very strong batgirl but yet she's just you know being treated exactly the way that she was and has always been yeah um, and it would have been for, different for if them, they had used him as a commentary and it feels like they started to yes. and then chickened out at the last minute exactly i feel like there was a a shift of direction at some point um because i found that the first quarter of the movie which is the first half of that first act um was really well done in the sense of okay so this guy he's an asshole to barbara gordon or an asshole to batgirl uh, Caesar as nothing more than a than a hot girl, you know, whatever. Um, and Batgirl is going to prove this guy wrong, but not because she's being objectified, but because, well, this guy at the end of the day is a vicious murderer and whatnot. Um, but then I found that they just kind of switched it up and it turned into, no, I'm taking this guy down because he called me hot. Yeah. It's... Look, there's a lot. It really feels like they were so close to doing some interesting reinventions, especially in that first in that first half in general, and especially in the first half of the first half. Yeah. Um, it, like I watched that in the beginning, I was like, "Wait, are they going to reboot it and actually like change some stuff?" Right. Which, like, like I think that I think the goal of a Defend is a standalone story introducing who Barbara Gordon is yeah. is an important aspect of it. Yeah. But are we allowed to go into spoilers to this? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Her having sex with Batman, her emotional tantrums, her just like Batman treating her like, like shit. And not even like Batman often, they, they explore Batman having his tension about like, does he have to do it alone or not? Batman just treats like shit. Like she proves Batman wrong. And he's like, Nope. And it's just like, it's just, it's not well done. No, it's not. Not at all. Uh, the way that they portrayed Batman in that first half was just weird. It was weird. And the thing I thought they were doing is I thought they were trying to do it as like, this is Batman through her eyes. But if that's what they're trying to do, they screwed it up and they didn't do it well enough. No, exactly. Because they could, there was so much commentary um, that they could have added around that. Uh, and, like, that should have been its own movie. I would love a movie that was just, Barbara Gordon, like, I would love an interpretation of, like, what have I, like, I think you can do an interpretation of her conflicted emotions about why she's gotten into fighting crime. I think you can even talk about her, like, is she crushing on Batman or is it part of the adrenaline? Is it part of the danger? Yeah. What's going on here? That's a discussion you can have. 
But having that plot ham-fistedly stitched to Killing Joke mm-hmm. is it was, awkward. it was awkward. It was it just it made the entire movie feel awkward. Like that, especially that sex scene. Like oh, it God. came, like it just, I, like at what point does Batman Bruce just say no? We can't do this. No, and and I honestly thought he was gonna do that, but no, no, they 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 did it. They did. And she takes off her mask, but she doesn't take off his. He doesn't take off his. Yeah, that was hilarious. Which is a whole thing. Oh, God. Uh, everyone, the people I went to all made that comment, and it was just hilarious. Yeah. And it's the thing of, like, you can make the comment of, like, well, just because you don't see it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Like, yes, but you are you are creating a series of images to tell a story. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I, I, I don't know if this is the best part to get into or not, but it really feels like the team behind this really let people down yes and we're gonna get more into it later but the comments we've seen from both tim and azuelo how's that pronounced azarello azarello really show that they did not put as much work into this as they should yeah they they thought no matter what they did it was going to be a grand slam because it's the killing joke and um, but then it, you start hyping hyping up the fact that hey we're going to fix Batgirl. We're going to add more depth to her. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And then you end up doing this. I don't know. I feel like it was one step forward and a thousand step back. Like, it was really bad, that first, overall, that first part. Yeah. So, like, I'm looking at the injuries of Tim right now. And he's trying to justify it in that very way of, like, look, it's, the original plot totally had Batgirl as a woman in the refrigerator from an era before that term had coined. And uh, so I added that to get rid of that. It's like, no, Tim, you just made it worse. You did make it a lot worse. They might as well have. Oh, have, oh Lord. And, and yeah, a lot of people, I want to, I want to address this now. I think that we need to address this in that a lot of people are using killing joke and the response as a lightning rod for larger issues in fandom and comics and geekery as a whole. Yeah. Of like, look, a lot of people are like, no, man, it's it's not a problem that she was sexually assaulted. Um, that's what it was, and that's what the writer can do. And they get it gets couched in terms of creative liberty. Mm-hmm. But I think when most of your creative team is saying, like, oh God, no, we have we fucked up. But that should be a sign. Yeah. And that while researching this episode, I accidentally stumbled across a forum of people discussing the rebooted Killing Joke cover. Like the Killing Joke, um, the New 52, whatchamacallit cover? The Batgirl variant? Yes. Yes. Yeah, with, yeah I know. And people you're... being like, oh man, I really wanted that, that thing. And people saying, and this is me quoting, not me saying it, feminazis are at it again. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, guys, come on. Yep. Yep. If the thing is, if it's even if even executives yeah. are are cringed by things, that should kind of, you know, tell you something that, you know, maybe this isn't right. Maybe I shouldn't uh think this. And these executives aren't coming out and saying these things because, you know, of the feminazis. They're saying this because, well, they're human beings. <laughs> Yeah, and the whole like, I mean, ignoring the, ignoring the rhetorical fact that calling someone a name like that is just a, you're just trying to shut down the conversation instead of actually having it. Exactly. 
ignoring that for a second, like there have to be decisions made in art. Yep. And I agree, art is supposed to push the envelope. Yep. And some of the responses people are getting nowadays of like, if you make the wrong step, certain people are having their entire careers destroyed. That's not cool. But also that's, that, that is not as big of an issue as a lot of people are saying it is. Yeah. Like a lot of people are able to go. And we saw it with um, uh, Flyboy? No. Oh, Airboy. Huh? Airboy. Airboy, thank you. So Airboy that like, no, we fucked up and we're sorry. And people got on board with like, oh, cool. Like you understand. We'll get past it. Like it's not as big of an issue as people think it is that like, ah, oh, these social justice warriors are just are shutting down creative integrity. And instead, they, I, I find, I mean, there's extremists in every group, but a lot of them are very much like, hey, that wasn't cool. And when the creator comes out and is like, oh, I'm sorry. I, I was trying to push the envelope. Let's have a discussion and see where you're coming from. And that's huge. Yeah. I think mean, they, they tend to be really good. And even then, they're like, oh, yeah, I see what you're going for. And let's ha- here's, how, here's how we would, here, and they have a discussion, like, here's how it should be done in the future. Mm-hmm. Like, that's so much more productive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think our entire point here is that first half, while it was created to strengthen the overall character of Batgirl and Barbara Gordon, they did a piss poor job of doing so. Um, what irked me the most, not only was the whole the sex thing, the lusting after Bruce or Batman thing, it was the way that there was a very clear. And I, I, I mentioned this at the start, where it was Batgirl was, a, you know, a badass. She did her thing, and she knew what she was doing. But as Barbara Gordon, she she just seemed like such a damsel in distress the entire time, where the entire, every scene that we saw Barbara Gordon, she was complaining about something. Yeah, like, there, was, there was a lot of unfortunate emotional temper tantrums. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, like I don't even know how to how to how to how to put it in words, but it was just so bad. It was just so bad. And like, the, what's like, what are you? What were you trying to accomplish here? Are you saying that Barbara Gordon isn't a strong woman, but Batgirl is? Like, and that's sort of. I'm not. I'm, I don't think that. But that's. I can see some people going coming to that conclusion. And if you want to have that discussion. And they have that discussion with Batman all the time of and other superheroes. Like, what's the difference? And what's the difference between the person behind the mask and the the superhero? That can't be done as a footnote. No, exactly. Or as a prologue. That has to be his entire plot. Yeah, exactly. It was just so weird. It was just it was just so awkward on so many levels. Uh, that entire first so half cool. with the portrayal of Batgirl and and Barbara. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And. and yeah. And do then, we want to transition into the final half? And I don't yeah, I was going to say and then And do the, the comparisons. The and then let's 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 then let's I think we should then loop around to the major themes. Yeah. So then in sort of their transition is the very, very infamous shooting of Barbara Gordon. Um when Joker gets James or Jim Gordon. Yep. Um yeah, it's exactly the way that it was portrayed in the book. It happens. Um, it is not the exact same as in the book. Almost. Well, they show a little They're, more. They go a little more in detail. Which is important. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So do you want to explain what 
they added? So they go a little bit. So in the comic, they Joker. What it, the plot is? Joker shoots her and then undresses her and takes naked photos of her. Mm-hmm. And the comic is a lot more vague about what that implies. Mm-hmm. And again, Alan Moore and others have said this was not a good call. And you can, and you know what? You can even write it off as Joker is trying to be a bad person. Mm-hmm. And again, 1980, late 1980s, bit of a different thing. A little bit of problem there already. Mm-hmm. In the movie, they go a step further. Of you see Joker undressing her more, yeah. and in Batman trying to track her down, trying to track down the Joker, you're treated to a scene where he talks with a group of prostitutes who say that the Joker always comes to them. Yeah. But this time he's found a new girl. Yeah. And this super heavily implies what has happened. Mm-hmm. And that was a problem in the original, and yeah. especially with that beginning. Like, so much of who Batgirl slash Barbara Gordon is becomes defined through sex. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Then when challenged on it, Tim says, I don't think that, actually. I would not think of it as supporting that. If I had, I probably would have changed the line. I never, ever thought that he actually raped her. Even in my first read of the comic, I never thought that. It just seemed like he shot her and then took her clothes off and took pictures of her to freak out her dad. Right. I never thought it was more than anything in that. What's interesting about that quote and i read that also was and i I came prepared for this Uh, what's interesting about that is then then why did did you add scenes that implied so much more so much more so much and like if you don't if you don't interpret that and you don't see that as a possibility you shouldn't be writing this comic Uh and it gets worse when azarello when challenged about the portrayal by conrad from bleeding cool in bleeding cool possibly doing their one good one good deed of the year (laughs) Calls him out for the portrayal, and Azarella calls him a pussy. Yep. Like, that is a big problem. And these two creatives behind the project, yep. that's a problem. Yep. It is. Major problem. Major, major problem. Yeah. Um, for when Bruce Tim uh, said... I'm just trying to be careful about how I word this. This is why there's some dead air. When Bruce Tim said that he wanted to take this story and sort of fix up a lot of the issues that a lot of people had with it, I find it amazing that they were able to somehow um, add more issues to it. So, like, more things that will get people riled up. Yeah, it's really unfortunate because I feel like so much of it, like I am, <sighs> I feel like it's a major problem when it feels like so much of it, and I'm not, this is not for certain, but I feel like, I feel like if we were to find out, oh yeah, tons of this was discussed behind the scenes by, you know, behind the scenes by executives being like, oh, this will get us ton of, tons of discussion about it to sell comics. I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Ugh. It's yeah. I have I have real problems with it, especially because of how much the fandom and certain members of the fandom have come out to be like, "It's just a comic, guys. Like, chill out." I can't. I'm. Yes, it's just a comic, but you know these people have obviously written this for our consumption. 
with undertones and 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 and, and bigger and like cre- I, think, I think i think the big thing is creative things have an impact regardless on reality yeah um boris can you mark the time for a second yep like the time we are into the recording yep i'm gonna get real and i reserve the right to cut this okay is that cool yep all right um i've been sexually assaulted to the point of near rape mm-hmm in that, like, I have been at a house party where I went and I lied down because mm-hmm. I was admittedly way too drunk. And I woke up and there's a woman literally riding. Wow. And I was able to very quickly be like, she made some comment where she was trying to be whatever. Mm-hmm. And I said, you taste like cigarettes and vomit. Get the fuck off of me. Yeah. And I've been able to get past that. And I was not for a variety of reasons. Like, I was not particularly scarred by that. But it's still very messed up. Of course. And the people who then come out here and defend that, like, this is important. Mm -hmm. Look, the way that I see it, and and I, I, I know we're stumbling a lot on our words, and it's just because I think we're both very invested in this in terms of our own experiences. And that's exactly it. It's our own experiences. So maybe to you, it's just a comic book. But people have gone through shit. They read this stuff, and it triggers something to them. Sometimes a comic book can mean more to people. You know, comic books can bring happiness, joy, but it can also bring and and remind us of those dark moments. And I think that's what a lot of these uh, pacifists don't understand is that this is bigger because, you know, as much as comic books are, or whatever, art, whatever, what have you, is an escape, things can still be triggered. Yeah, I think that's a really good point of it. And I don't, and from my point of view, I don't think it's a matter of we can't have rape or sexual assault in creative things and that everything should be sanitized. It depends on the treatment. Mm-hmm. And so much of this is it's not about how the sexual assault or the rape affects Batgirl. Mm-hmm. And even if, it's, even if you say that, even if you agree with Tim, that no, no, there was no rape. It was just undressing her and taking naked pictures of her with that weird other scene that impl- heavily implies it's rape. Um, you still have, that's still sexual assault. Yep. And it's never about how it affects Barbara. It is only about how it affects her father and how it affects Bruce. But that's that's right there. You said it right there. That's exactly it. That if they wanted to make this story better, this scene could have happened right at the start. And then a lot of the movie could have been Barbara dealing with this and seeing emotionally how she's dealing with this. And I think that if they had um, made her deal with this and struggle with this, but come out stronger at the end, I think that message would have been a lot better than the, oh, she got shot, and basically we're going to have her in two more scenes. One scene where she's comatose, and then one scene at the very end. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think that... I'm with you. They could have really handled this completely differently, and I think uh, this conversation would have been absolutely different if they had done that, because we would have said... She went through this shit, but damn, she's strong. Damn, she went into a dark moment, 
but she was able to come out stronger. Like that conversation, that should be the conversation we're having. That's not, one of them. Not I, I know this what, conversation. And you know how to do it is if you want like, oh, how do you do that? Here's a great way that I came up with just now of a better way to do it. Have it start with Joker still shoots her. Joker does all this stuff. Have him not kidnap Jim yet. Have him attack her when she's on her own or something like that. Have so much of the movie be about be about her recovering and then have Joker kidnap Jim and reveal that it was him. And now's Jim's chance. Having seen the suffering, here's Jim's chance to do something. And then you can make the entire thing about Jim being an appropriate ally. Yep. Yep. And that's a better story. Yeah. And you can still do Batman's big question of whether or not he kills Joker at the end. Mm-hmm. Which is one of the great parts of the story. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's a shame that this scene went the way it did. Uh, and I actually forgot about that, that other scene that we spoke about until we brought it up again. Yeah. It's, yeah, I, here's a warning for people. Don't go into the comments section on anything about this. Yeah. There are, and it's, it's really hard to remember this, but there's a group of, frankly, mostly white dudes mm-hmm. who are like we're bashing on reviewers and bashing on anyone who who like is it all in favor of like, hey, maybe we should have not straight white power like straight white muscle bound men. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. Yep, I, I agree. I agree. Oh, yeah. I think <clears throat> we've exhausted uh, commentary on, on 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 the shooting and the um, the yeah. Portrayed. I feel like yeah. I feel like yeah. I think we've exhausted commentary for us. There's been a lot of people who've done a much better job. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, our I think we can both agree by saying that if they wanted to improve the character of Batgirl Barbara Gordon, they really could have done it. Um, still doing what they did, but adding scenes with her struggle and yeah. her recovery, not physically, but mentally. And I think that story would have been a much better story. Yeah, it could have been. All right. So then yeah, I would say up until the very end of the movie, the rest follows the graphic novel almost to a T. For good and ill. Yes. Uh, is there anything in particular that you want to bring up? Um, there's, I mean, there's some parts that don't age well, I think. Yes. I think that Joker specifically using the, the shutdown carnival and the, like, the various people who are, you know, a gr- uh, some midgets, mm-hmm. a bearded woman kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, that does not age well. No. And I feel like the the very strict at like very strict adherence to the original art for that really was like a a poor choice. Yeah, they could have changed that. It's funny that they didn't change that because it, they could have easily used you know mental ward patients. You know, it could have been so much. That it could have been. been it could have been a lot. It could have been a lot of different things. Um, but I agree with you there. Uh, but for me, the fact that it was almost to a T. Um, like retelling of that story, for me it was really cool because, again, that Batman story is 
such an important one for me. So just seeing that stuff on the big screen was cool as a fan. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I have a lot of problems with it. And part of it is because of I've read so much about mm -hmm. the commentary. Mm -hmm. And I just... I'm very unimpressed with Tim. Right. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally understand. I totally see where you're coming from. I really do. And, and part of it is because, like, so much of it, he's like, yeah, that's what we have to do. We have to do this. We have to make this controversial. It's like, no, just make it better. Because mm -hmm. it really feels like they, they said, it really feels like he tried to make it controversial and, like, it was going to get people talking about rather than making it good. Right. I, I feel like in his mind, he wanted the discussion to be had, but the discussion is actually as there is a discussion being had, and it's why did you do that? Not as opposed or as opposed to what he was thinking of, you know, females and females in comics and females, in yeah, general, et cetera, oh, et cetera. Oh, shit. I just found a great line from his interview. Yeah. Okay. This is Rin's interview with Vulture, um, where they talk about the two, like you've said, the two sections of the thematic thing. And he says, this is from later in his response, quote, in terms of thematics, boy, I don't know. And just like, it just makes me think of that scene from West Wing where, by the way, boy, I don't know is when I decided to kick your ass. Like, just, yeah, <laughs> you're really angry. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I get it. It's uh, yeah. I, 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 yes, I know a number of survivors mm -hmm. and this feels like. This feels like everything is like this feels like a lot of the examples of what's wrong with comics. Yep. Yep. And it's too bad because I feel like you could have done a really solid adaptation and kept. You could have you could have kept the major plot points and changed the portrayal and how it was done. Yep. And you could have had a much better story for it. I agree. Um, but yeah, you go through it. You have the tor the torture of Gordon. Which, for some reason, I don't they, tell me if you agree with this or not. But in the comic, seemed a lot more brutal, yeah. and in the in the show, in the movie, seemed very half-assed. Funny that you say that, and this is the reason why uh, I made a point of saying that this was rated R, and that's because of that very reason. I found that in the comic book, Gordon was treated a lot worse, um, and this adds to your point or my or both of our points about Barbara Gordon, and that's. So you have Barbara Gordon who went through a lot more shit in this movie. Yes. They've added a lot more shit. But then you kind of don't have Gordon go through everything he's gone through. And in fact, you not only leave things out, but what you leave in is kind of um, like babied. Like it's, yeah. Especially when you have that R rating and you are allowed to do whatever you want. Well, and, and yeah. And there's like it's – and they come out of it with that – scene at the end where it's about Gordon still says bring him in by the book to show that Gordon has not been changed altered. changed yeah. which again only worry about Gordon yep um but in the movie especially like they make it such a big thing that Gordon like from from seeing his daughter sexually assaulted it's such a big deal that Gordon has not decided to kill Joker and that says very little about humanity in that like by that logic, I should want to kill a lot of people and should have no respect for law and order because I know, I know a number of people who've been sexually assaulted. And, I like, yeah, I, I 100%, if you were to tell me, like, hey, Tyler, you could probably, you could 100% you get away with killing this person. We'd, we'd 
we everyone would be okay with it and you would never go to jail, I'd be like, oh, I want to, but I'm not going to because like law and order is important. And I agree our legal system has problems, but come on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right. You're making me change my opinion about this movie. I hate you. I'm sorry. No, I'm just. No, I... no, I, no. But this is this is why I wanted to have this conversation. Yeah, I wanted. And here's the thing: I went in wanting to like it. Yeah, for sure. Everyone did. Yeah, I think the comic. Honestly, I, I, if, we, if you just want to look at like the the events, I think the comic does a much and, and accepting the comic has problems with it. Mm-hmm. I feel like the comic is a more is more even handed and a better presentation than the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so overall. I think that this is the first time that they they got the movie wrong overall. Yeah, I feel like I feel like if you were to look at all of DC's movies and we're gonna include everything they've done, mm-hmm. this is the worst. Yeah, I I would I would agree one hundred percent. And it's funny because this is the one that everyone's been waiting for. The one that you know it's rated R. We can get to see something different. Uh, hey, they're gonna fix Batgirl's role. Oh, oh, oh! You did that. You know, it's well, just yeah. Certain people have said that they did fix Batgirl's role, and this makes it better. And it just like that makes me upset. Yeah, like if you take Batgirl, but then you look at the entire bigger picture, it's like, what did you actually do? You made this so much worse. You made her character so much more weak. You know. Yeah. The. The number of people who have said there's no rape in Killing Joke is, is it boggles my mind. Yeah, it boggles my mind. Yeah, but again, a lot of people like ignorance is bliss for them. You know, I mean, I think I think and that... Bruce Tim to a certain extent, even his quote, "Ignorance is bliss for him." But it's funny because, again, it just baffles me because here you are, the executive producer, where you can fix these things. And, you know, he could have said, no, this isn't this absolutely did not happen. But you not only have it happen, but you imply so much more. And show so much more. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It could have been done so much better, especially that R rating. It felt like, and for everything we've heard, it sounds like it was a marketing rated- toy. It was a market like they had it rated R, so that they can say, "Oh, this Batman's edgy. This Batman's rated R." It had, there was no reason for that R rating. No reason. Yeah. How many times did they swear? And that's actually something I wanted to do before we recorded. I wanted to count how many times they used "fuck," because you're only allowed to use "fuck" a certain amount of times before it has to be rated R. I think you're only allowed to use fuck once. Once, right? And like it's once before it's rated R. And it's not just fuck. You get one of whatever the MCAA says is their worst switch. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah, no. It was, yeah. Yeah. No, it, for something that everyone was looking forward to, something that, you know, is so iconic, something that had issues when it was originally released, and then you somehow make it worse how is that possible yeah i got i gotta say azarello's behavior especially after this is a terrible and so much of 
so much of my view on this, mm-hmm. and I think that for a project, project like this, it has to be, so much is shaped by what's happened in their response, mm-hmm. and it's not been good. See, and I, I've ignored a lot of that just because I've learned to ignore a lot of um, responses. But now that you're telling me that, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm signing with you on this. Brian Arzarello, though, is known. He's, he, if, I'm, if I recall, I, this isn't the first time he's acted like this after something. But then at some point, like, at some point, it becomes beholden on everyone. Mm-hmm. That, like, why is this man, this man still, man still making, man still making. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, and, and here's the thing. Like, at the end of the day, it comes down to the audience. Mm-hmm. And there are a variety of moral positions that I'm going to take and I'm going to argue until my face is blue. Mm-hmm. But then it comes down to what people are going to buy or not going to buy. Yeah. And... It's rough right now because I feel like it's a it's a what's the word I'm looking for? It's a um, it's an arms race between marketing and readers or consumers. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, the back and forth is is the marketing is definitely in the lead right now. Yeah. If they can make us buy something like this, and then we all get mad at it, and we keep buying it, and yeah. For me, this is like it's. A, yeah, I can, yeah, I, I I see your point, but I'm the type of person of okay, this was shit, or not. It wasn't shit, but I'm left upset with the certain things. But I'm not gonna boycott things because of it. Does that make me a worse person? I mean, that's a big question, right? But that's that's. But you see where I'm going with this, right? No, 100. Yeah. And like, here's the thing: like, I don't think DC's in the. Like, I don't think I, for that. I think DC is in the wrong a little bit for this, but not like. But I still want to support Midnighter and stuff. Yeah. Um. I mean, I might be. I I think I'm at the level now where I'm going to boycott some of the specific creators. <laughs> Brian Azarello. Anything Bruce Tim does now? Yeah. <coughs> yeah, I can see that. I can right? see that. Like, and, it, and that, I, that, you see, that I, that I understand, that I respect. Um, yeah. Yep. Okay. You know what? If, if, if DC had done something like, if we had had, when, like, hypothetical now, if we had had a situation where Rebirth was coming out and Midnighter was canceled and Orlando was sacked. <laughs> you would have stopped DC. Well, it would have been, it, I was going to go on a list, but like if they've gotten rid of like a bunch of the people who were like pushing the envelope and doing cool things, and they just went and they went back really hardcore to like no, I was going back to the nineteen eighties. Mm-hmm. I'd have been done. I'd have been like, I don't understand, man. I yeah. just don't. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And I think that you know what they did rebirth, and I was skeptical, and I just like some of these properties, but I'm coming around to other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem though, I find that. In comic books, it's harder to, to say, oh, I'm going to boycott this because there's just so many things, you know, there's just so many things and not everyone communicates on everyone is connected. But I don't know. I'm not I feel like now I'm just trying to make excuses. Well, right. I think there's one of the problems right now, right, is there's not really a good way for us to voice our reaction that isn't buying or not. buying. Yeah. 
which is a subpar situation. Hmm. And especially right now, like, I feel like once upon a time, if you had a lot of audience people pissed off, mm-hmm. um, big corporations would often change what they were doing. Yeah. But I think, like, right now especially, they've figured out that, like, wait a minute, if we just, if we do this, people get pissed off, but they still buy it, who gives a shit? Yeah. So, we're the idiots because we keep consuming. In the eyes of these conglomerates. Yeah, PR people, right? Fucking PR people. (laughs) Uh, This should be called the very upset episode. I know, I know. Like, man. You know, I'm telling you, it's the summer heat that's gotten to us also. Here's a question for you. Now I'm trying to lighten the mood a little bit. Well, not really. (laughs) Uh, um, If Suicide Squad wasn't released this the same week as this movie do you think that this movie would have gotten more mainstream attention a hundred percent do you think 100 percent do you think that dc did this on purpose now this is just tinfoil hatting this because they uh, knew... I, feel like that's getting, I feel like that's being a little bit too tinfoil hatting yep i agree uh, but i just wanted to say that because i know that i've i've seen one commentary a headline, because again, I, do, I try to avoid reading a lot of this stuff. That said that DC knew the, what reaction this movie was going to get. So, on purpose, it was released the same week as Suicide Squad. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's... <laughs> you can see, though, how someone can reach that conclusion. I can see how someone can reach that. And, and, but, but, and that's the thing about conspiracy theories in general, is the reason why they're around is because they they make enough sense sometimes most of the time yeah it depends on the conspiracy theory <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> sometimes it makes enough well, sense lizard people won yeah yeah but a lot of the a lot of conspiracy theories make enough sense that they're that's why they're still around you know anyways mm-hmm. so I don't think that it was done on purpose. I don't think DC knew what type of reaction they were going to get. Because in I, just from hearing your rear quotes, um, Bruce Tibb and Brian Azzarello are kind of taken back by some of the um, the backlash. Like, I don't it, even understand that It seems surprising to them. I do surprising. not understand that one. Like, I don't understand how you could, like, like Bruce Tibb being like, I don't know how you could see that was a rape. I don't. Like, you, you should not be writing in this area. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're not aware of the, it's, it's, look, it's one of the first things that you do as a writer, write what you know. And that doesn't mean only write about men or only write about women or whatever. It means, like, know what the fuck you're talking about. Research if you don't know it, you know? Yeah. Like, if you're like, ah, how people got that? Like, you probably should have fucking got there in advance. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's some super small minority who got there. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not one person's opinion. It's this is these the, these interviewers are asking based on a lot of uh, feedback they've been getting. And like, believe it or not, like we don't necessarily announce that we're going to interview someone. But if I see rumblings in the internet about someone that we're going to interview, that we're going to talk to, something that probably should be brought up, guess what? We're going to bring it up. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's not one person's reaction. It's not like a one-on-one and the entire world is shut out. Like, you know, as an interviewer, you want to bring up things that people are going to care about. Yeah, and, and you know, if, if 
And here's the thing. If Bruce Timm and Azzarello had a different approach to the, not approach, like had responded differently, like if they had better answers, I don't, I'm not going to come up with like answers they could potentially do. I'm the first to admit that like, look, it's possible that they could have done the closest thing to a justification. I'd be, I'd be like, all right, yeah, all right. If you had said like, look, here's what we are trying to do. And I see where you're coming for. And I think I fucked up. I'd be the first who'd be there, like, all right, like, they fucked up. Let's forgive them. Yep. Like, let's move on. Let's, like, they, they fucked up here. Let's see what they do next. Let's try to get them to make it better. Yep. Yep, I agree. Just so much. There's just so much to talk about. And I know we're jumping a lot. And again, it's because we just have a discussion. And this is how discussions go. Um, But yeah, so... Has there been any, from what you've seen on the internet, has there been any response from anyone other than Bruce Tim, in terms of? I saw Azarello's really bad response. Right. Oh, apart from those two, like anyone, uh, basically, I'm trying to say, (laughs) has the Warner Brothers PR machine been awoken? I feel like the Warner Brothers PR machine has trotted out Azarello and Bruce Tim. As sacrificial sheep. Yep, that's that's for a, that's what I'm seeing. Um, just by it looking was at just them. Yep. They gave them carte blanche, yep. and they fucked it up. Yep. Like, I, that's really what it feels like. I also think that the Warner Brothers PR machine is a little busy right now. You know, yeah. suicide squad. I, like, I feel like Warner Brothers is very happy to... I think Warner Brothers is very happy to hope this falls by the wayside and just let's talk about the shit show that is Suicide Squad. What do we talk about? I feel like I feel like Suicide Squad is it, I feel like here's I figured it out. Here's part of my problem with this. A lot of readers and a lot of people are thinking, Hey, you're breaking up a little? Hold on. You're breaking up. You're back in the red. Are Stupid wrong. Skype. I lost you. Yeah. I'm ready to jump back into it. I got a really good point, I think. Yeah, yeah. Go. Now. I feel like a big part of it is you know, a lot of people in the, in the fan base who are looking at it and they see... Um, you're breaking. and then they go well there hold you on. go hold Hopefully on hold on cut 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 people who are in you the, can't hear me can you in the, in the journalism industry part of the oh my god oh my god oh my hey. god I feel like this is or isn't worth your money. And then when they have the hyperbole they do with Suicide Squad, it undermines their own reviews about Killing Joe. And I... We're still there? Yeah. Okay, I heard a noise and I was like, oh no! Um, I feel like... I, I don't know. I don't know how more people aren't pissed off at Azarello calling out a journalist with Want to say that again, pussy? Like, how is that not a big deal? <laughs> I like, know. 
I what know. world have we fallen into? What bizarre world are we into that someone attacking a journalist for asking a question is not a big deal? But that's the holier than thou attitude that a lot of people in the industry. And then yeah, Azrella goes out there and says, that "Oh my God!" I'm going to kill the internet. Can you hear me? You can't hear me. I hate you. I hate you, internet. <laughs> hey, hello. Motherfucker. I know, right? Yeah. Did we get all of what I said before? Yeah, I got it. Hold on. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I kept recording this time. Okay, awesome. Oh, I don't have to actually edit this episode. Uh, <laughs> before, but before that, I'm going to actually put in an MP3. I'm going to send yeah. it to you. And just because we've touched on a few things. Not that I care about what people are going to say, but I just want to run yeah, it by. Sure. This is... This is a more contentious issue. Let's get everyone signing off. Yeah, yeah, that, I, that, that, that's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, I get you. Um, this I appreciate is, it. Thank you. Well, it's our show. Like it's yeah. our comics. I read is ours. Um, at this point, I just created it. <laughs> that's the way that I see it. Uh, yeah. Okay, so you start back to your to your point about WB. All right, we're just gonna. Oh, way back there. Yeah. Okay. Um, I feel like I think Warner Brothers is very content to just let the fiasco over Suicide Squad rule the media cycle and just shuffle this off to the edge, and they're just going to sacrifice Azarello and Tim as sheep, and just nope, they they messed it up. It's their problem, mm -hmm. and I feel like for right or for wrong, it's not getting as much play. Yep, and I don't know what world we live in where Azarello. Like everything else, everything else about this this thing, how is Azarello sounding like he's trying to pick a fight with a journalist, not a bigger story? Yeah. How is him not saying, and I'm quoting, want to say that again, pussy, not a bigger deal? Right. Right. It's just, it's yeah. It's a holier-than-thou attitude that a lot of creators are starting to have. And I understand it's their work, it's their whatever, it's their it's their passion, it's their it's their voice. Um, so a lot of these creators, I think, again, not making excuses, just saying, um, you know, they don't take well to any criticism because of how attached they are to whatever project. Yeah, that, that's you know, and it, it happens, but there is. That, I mean, I'm, I'm not excusing what he's done, and I'm 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 understanding why. Like, as someone else who puts his work out there as a creative, mm -hmm. that's part of your job, though. Part of your job is critics are going to come and yeah, try to well, shun your work. So no, so what? I, was, I have to cut that again too. Fuck this. Fuck. 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 <laughs> the cursed episode. Yeah. No. Well, Warner Brothers is out to get us. I'm hearing these weird noises right now in my apartment. I think it's coming from upstairs. I hope it's coming okay. from upstairs. That's why I suddenly just stopped. Okay, what were you, what was I saying? Oh yeah, I'm not trying to make an excuse for Brian Azarello. Yeah. Um or for anyone who acts like that. What I'm trying to get at is um what am I trying to get at? Oh my god. 
this episode. <laughs> I, I'm just laughing at this point. I'm just laughing. I mean, I think... This is our Suicide Squad right here. This is our Suicide Squad. <laughs> it's got some problems, but it's trying its best. <laughs> oh, Lord. We're horrible. Um, okay. I'm not trying to make any excuses for Azarello. And he's attached to this project. But, you know, there is a way that you have to carry yourself in interviews. Um, you have to be able to take criticism because, like we always say... Not everything is for everyone. Oh, yeah. And then you, as a creator who releases things to the public, know this. Well, yeah. And, and for that kind of thing, where even when you feel like your back's in the wall and someone's calling you out, just say, like, look, man, I see where you're coming from on that. I, I get where you're coming from. I don't agree. But that's the way it's going to happen. Yep. And it's a shitty answer, but it's better than trying to pick a fight. Yep. Yep. Um, for example, I've opened up our, our, uh, oh, no. comics at comics I read oh, no. email. <laughs> and there's this email, and I'm not going to read it, all of it, but to <laughs> summarize it, it is basically saying that we know nothing about the comic industry. We talk bullshit. Uh, and, uh, I quote, I listen to you guys just so I can laugh. Okay. Thank you for giving us hits, number one. That is actually the funniest thing I've ever heard. Um, because by you hating us, you're still listening to us, which increases our viewership. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so take that for example. You know, things like that. It's never good hearing negative think feedback about your work but I you mean, just have to, to know me, how that's to handle feedback it. right no like, there's between feedback and like a legitimate criticism and just like like we know nothing about the comic industry like all right but we're like we're literally talking to people in the comics industry like we're talking to creators we're getting numbers like mm-hmm. it's not a good criticism mm-hmm. versus like hey guys i feel like you don't delve deep enough into the diamond numbers and you should be looking at year-over-year statistical analyses mm-hmm. about the growth or changing rates. Like, that's a legitimate concern. And every time we look at the diamond numbers, mm-hmm. I'm conscious of, like, oh, my God, we're doing such a, like... We're doing such a, like, a basic... No, we are. And, um, but that's all we... That's because that's what... that's We don't want to go too deep into it. No. And we're talking about getting people on board who can do that. Mm-hmm. But... Yep. Uh, yeah. Long story short. Short story long. I think that Brian Israel could have handled that completely, completely different. And goes back to our point about the Warner Brothers PR, um, just kind of letting these guys hang. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that's their strategy for writer, for good or for ill. But that's what these companies do. They they find their scapegoats. Yep. So, yep. So yeah. Do you have anything else to add? Uh, I had commentary that I think got cut off, and now I've lost it. <sighs> this episode. The Skype. So, so everyone is probably listening to the edited version of this episode. We've had tons of Skype issues. Um, tons of Skype issues. Oh, my God. So we do apologize if there, at times, didn't make sense what we were talking about, but we've tried our best to continue edit. on yeah. and edit. 
we have no idea during the recording we don't have a lot of idea how much skype has just garbled beyond use mm-hmm. yeah yeah which makes yeah but yeah yeah skype so yeah uh, fi- any final thoughts because i think now we're just making things not making things up but now we're just delving into um nothingness i you know what yes i have one final thought and this is this is I want, I'm going to try to link. I'm going to try to link the the relatively micro level of diversity and inclusivity in comics, which I know a lot of people really dislike. Apparently, Jesus. Um, whereas it's like I, part of the reason that stuff like Killing Joke happened. I think that I, looking at Tor.com's that's Tor.com's reporting on it. There were no women involved in the executive production level of this creation. And to link the macro to the micro level and to talk about diversity and inclusivity in comics, which for some reason are a, just an issue that gets people pissed off. How dare we have more other people in comics? Mm-hmm. I think that that's telling, right? Like, it, it, men don't tend to have to worry about being sexually assaulted. And even when they do, it's not the same. It's often not the same emotional impact because their position in society is inherently different. And not to say that it's never an emotional impact because it totally is. It's just it, often there are trends that show it differently. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, I think it's a problem when we see that, like, oh, yeah, your executive team involves Tim and Azarello and they, their complete lack of getting the issues people are coming at them with is just telling. And that's how we need more people in comics. And I'm going to get a lot of hate mail from it. And that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. You know what? I agree with you. So bring it on. I look, I, I, I just, I don't understand how we live in this world where that gets hate mail of like, maybe we should have more people who aren't straight white men in comics. Like, how dare you burn them? Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> Oh, we're going to make a lot of friends this week. To quote Churchill, something about judging yourself by the enemies. Yep, exactly. Hey, if you... Judge a man by the quality of his enemies or some Churchillian crap like that. Yep. You have enemies. Good. That means you've stood, stood up for something in your life. Exactly. That's the one. Yep. Here's... All right. So we've talked a lot about The Killing Joke, both graphic novel and movie um i think our listeners know where we stand on um on the movie so would you recommend people to watch it no like honestly i can't mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> which is too bad but here we are yeah i agree i agree with your opinion, um, I'm going to take a slightly different opinion and say that if The Killing Joke is a story that you hold near and dear, I think you're going to at least enjoy the second half of the of the movie. That's pretty much all I can say. All right. Um, so, yeah, I think that I kind of like this, uh, the, this, this forum that, that we're in, and I wish that we had more people, but we kind of put this together and yeah. uh, through a bunch of technical difficulties I hope that it all made sense to our listeners and again I know that we jump back and forth a lot but 
you know, it's the discussion that we're having, and it is what it is. So let's, uh, that's that. True that. For next time, next time a thing like this inevitably happens, let's try to get more people on board. We'll have a panel. Yeah, I did. Honestly, I didn't even think about it. I didn't. <laughs> as funny as it sounds, I, it like I knew what we were going to talk about, but I didn't think of it. Funny enough, but you know, I like this back and forth. Um, it was, it was. I think it was, it was, it was good. And you know, the killing joke is the killing joke, and maybe it's lived up to to everything that we were expecting because well we're, we're number one we're talking about it not net positively but we're talking about it but the thing is is that it's as controversial in 2016 as a movie than it was in 1988 as a graphic novel yeah so that's that anyways i hope that you enjoyed the episode please leave us your feedback and you can leave us feedback at podcasts at comicsireed.com that's c-o-m-i-x-i read.com you can also send us what you think on twitter we have our main comics i read account at comics i read we also have personal accounts you can find tyler at at tyler underscore roi and you can find me at br underscore a-g-u-i-l-a-r and then that's that so again we hope that you enjoyed listening to our uh, discussion um, let us know what you think. If you have opinions, let us know what they are. And at the end of the day, the killing joke, like I said, is as controversial in 2016 as it was in 1988. And that's just the way it is. So good yep. night, everyone. Good night, everybody. And there you have it. That was the episode. I hope that, you know, you had fun listening to it. Um, it was just- it was interesting to revisit that conversation. Um, and the reason why I specifically chose this episode is because Tyler said, man, we should revisit the killing joke. Uh, so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to release that episode. And I think Tyler and I are going to have a subsequent conversation about this, a follow-up four years after the fact, uh, because I think we both feel a little stronger about this movie. Um, so you're going to have to stay tuned to see what we have to say, but I hope you enjoyed it. Um, you know, you can always get a hold of us at It's Canon Podcast on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. You can email us at show at itscanonpodcast.com. You can find us anywhere you find podcasts, Apple, TuneIn, Spotify, Amazon, what have you. Whatever the app, you can find us. And if you can't find us, let us know and we'll get there. Um, again, I just want to thank everyone. As always, I hope you are having a safe time off, time with family if possible. Um, And, you know, just uh, wishing all of our listeners the very best. So thank you to everyone. And I hope that everyone has a very, very safe week. And if we don't chat before then, happy new year. I wish nothing but the best for 2021. And I know that just because the calendar changes year doesn't mean that everything is going to magically get better but let's be some let's send some positive energy out there and hopefully things can get better as we all work together on behalf of tyler on behalf of phil i want to say thank you and good night